just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host, Ian Dawson Mackay. This is a podcast that helps you reach the next level in your life by talking to the experts for those handy hints and tips that you need to succeed. Today's guest is YouTube fitness sensation, Scott Terman. Scott is one of the leading fitness coaches on YouTube. He has over 670,000 daily users, or Hermanites as he likes to call them and he changes users' lives one day at a time. Scott has revolutionized the fitness industry with his own unique training philosophy and that can help anyone transform their fitness, no matter their starting point. But first, a quick word about our sponsors. Next Level Guy has some amazing affiliate deals. These can be found at www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's where you'll find all the special listener, exclusive deals, special offers and discount codes. I'd highly recommend that you subscribe to a glorious box of premium fitness apparel from Gains Box. Some gorgeous whey protein, my favourite is the Jaffa Cake flavour from the Protein Works, and the Tools of Titans Encyclopedia of Success from Tim Ferriss. All of these and more are available on the affiliates page at www.dexlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. And now to the interview with Scott. I hope you enjoy. Hi Scott and thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I've been a major fan of yours for years and for those people who are listening who haven't had the pleasure of knowing who you are, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself? You know, how did you go from being a reality TV star to a YouTube fitness sensation? It's not the most standard career path. Yeah. I mean, it, my whole my whole life has been kind of finding my path because when I first started all this stuff you know, none of this even existed. There was no clear, like nowadays, if you decide you want to be a YouTuber, you know, you already kind of know what you have to do and where you can go with it because it's already been done. But when I first started out, YouTube was still kind of in its infancy stage. You know, Twitter wasn't even really, wasn't even out yet. You know, we had Facebook, but there was no clear path of how to utilize social media and YouTube to build a business. And, what ended up happening was I was on the the real world TV reality show, and after that it was uh, the season took place in Brooklyn, and after the show ended I moved to New York City, and to be honest I just I worked in a gym my whole life um, from 14 to 23 I I worked in a gym I did everything from maintenance to personal trainer and then before I left for the show I was actually the general manager and, and head of the training department in the gym that I I was working in. And after being away from it for about a year and a half, because I was doing the whole you know reality show thing and, and trying to do more with that in New York City, I just really started to miss helping people. So I I realized there was this new thing at the time called YouTube where you can make videos, and I decided that I would start to film myself in my apartment in New York City, and then answer people's questions, and then it, it kind of just started off like that. Like I didn't even know you could make money doing it. I, it just kind of started off because I wanted to get back to my roots and and do my passion. 
And then I was contacted by somebody from the head offices in uh, the Google offices in New York City who was a fan of my show and had seen my videos on YouTube. And then he kind of explained to me that I could make a living doing this. And so after I had a brief conversation with him, I decided to move home. And then that's where I, when I started filming all my original videos, a lot of people ask me, you know, why is the gym always empty in my original videos that were filmed in um, Answers Fitness Gym, if you guys have seen those. And it's because at the time, you know, it wasn't an okay to film in a gym. Like, it wasn't a thing. People thought I was crazy when I would take up my video camera. So that I would have to wait until the gym closed at 10 o'clock, and then I would film from 10 to, like, 1 or 2 in the morning. And that's where it all started. Because you see that nowadays, you know, a lot of people take their cameras out and they're doing the form videos and stuff. But occasionally you see somebody doing a quick sort of form video and stuff. You know, it's quite commonplace now. But when you started, it was all quite brand new. What So what did you want to be as a child? You know, was there a particular moment that got you into the fitness sphere? You know, was there a superhero that you liked or somebody that you wanted to emulate? Well, I'd say when I was a kid... Um... You know, I was I grew up very introverted, and and because of it, when I was younger, I, I was picked on. I had an older brother who liked who liked to pick on me too, and I know that I feeling. figured, yeah, you know, and to sum it all up, I figured if I if I got big and strong, people would leave me alone, you know, and more so than that, at a young age, even when I was getting picked on. I kind of would look around and be like, why isn't anybody helping me? Like, what the hell? You know, like people just kind of stay by the sidelines and they don't do anything. And so I wanted to to not only get big and strong to help myself, but I didn't I wanted to be able to help other kids that were getting picked on, too, and be able to stick up for them. And that's what I really idolized about superheroes. Not so much, you know, their powers and, and how cool they were, but. The fact that they actually stuck up for other people, not just themselves, you know? And so that's kind of what got me into the gym. I figured, well, if I want to be big and strong, I need to start working out. <laughs> that's a great answer. I mean, that was one of the reasons I started the podcast. I was just kind of like, you know, I wanted more and I knew to find that. I had to speak to the people and I thought, if I'm interested, other people are going to be interested. And, you know, you have such an amazing community. It's something like, uh, was it 400,000 YouTube followers now? Uh, no, it's 1.4 million. And, yeah, uh, one close to 1.5 million now, yeah. It's just phenomenal. And every time you put a new post, the love and the attention that's there, you know. And, you know, you, you delve into such deep issues. That it's not just form stuff. It's all about life stuff. And it's a great site. So can you give me, in your opinion, what do you think makes a great man? I think what what makes someone truly great is, you know, seeing seeing the people in their life, you know. Like for example, I I feel honored and blessed that, you know, when I like say for business-wise, when I go to events and I meet subscribers and fans and, you know, they're people who have been able to better themselves because of what I've been able to provide. I feel like that's what makes you truly accomplished as an individual versus you know, like my, my wife, she um, she has a, a fashion YouTube channel and she was showing me um, somebody's videos and all they do is stir up drama and, and bullshit. And 
you gain nothing from watching this person's videos besides drama, if that's what you want to watch at the time. And I'm just like, you know, what, what kind of value does a person like that add to your life? You know, why would you even waste your time watching someone who doesn't add value to your life? And I feel like right now the, the world is so caught up in like drama and, and being in each other's business. But at the end of the day, I, you get a lot more appreciation when you actually, like you said, like my videos helped you out when you were younger. They got you maybe into lifting. They, they taught you a lot of stuff. They taught a lot of people a lot of stuff. I mean, I got people who come up to me, um, at the shows when I do meet and meet and greets and, you know, some of these guys, they're twice as big as I am, but they started out watching my videos. And I just kind of say, well, it looks like the advice worked, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of what makes them feel accomplished as a man, that I've been able to share my passion and actually help people. And, I mean, I can still remember finding you for the first time. I didn't know if you owned a shirt because I didn't think I'd seen you wear a shirt for about three years. But, uh, you know, you always had such a fun with it and... You always gave great tips, and you know you you kind of linked it in with some cool nerdy stuff, and you know, and I thought that's the kind of fitness stuff that I liked. You know, it's, you you were relatable. You weren't one of these sort of meathead sites that say, "Oh, you must eat fish and broccoli every five minutes." You know, you kind of just made it adaptable and flexible for well, the modern person. Um, so, what if somebody's listening to this new? How can they pick a good gym and a good trainer and a good setup? You know, do you have a kind of set of gold rules on what what you need in a decent gym? Um, well, in terms of a gym, I mean, unfortunately, some people, I mean, you're just kind of stuck with what you got in your area. You know, a lot of people don't have uh, the variety that some of us do. Like in my area, I get like four or five gyms to choose from. And basically the way I made my decision was I needed to make sure that I was going to go to a gym where I wasn't going to get looked at funny if I decided to deadlift or squat heavy. Because at the end of the day, I mean, even women nowadays are, are starting to become a lot more hardcore. And gym chains that don't want you lifting heavy or... And I don't mean grunting like, you know, being annoying, but like if you let out a little grunt here and there or... You know, if a weight slams here and there by accident because you're doing a big lift, like that stuff should be okay because those are the things that are going to push you, you know, and motivate you to lift heavier and hotter. And in my opinion, when I'm in a gym and I see other people pushing themselves as hot as they can, that's what motivates me. So I look for that when I go to a gym. And in America, we had these gym chains called Planet Fitness. Oh, yeah. And they were basically, they're, they're, at the corporate level, I've been told that they're basically their their strategy was funnel people in as fast as they can and basically get them to the point to where they're not really making any results. Which is why they would serve bagels and pizza like for when people left the gym. Like, hey, great workout. Now eat this bagel and just not lose any weight, you know? It's ridiculous. So you definitely want to stay away from fad gyms like that. You want to find a place where you can push yourself and the environment's great and people are nice. That should be what you're looking for. So for somebody who's pretty new to this or you know maybe never set foot in a gym before but wants to start working out, really motivated by your videos, what would you recommend for them to focus on? You know, how, can, what, how could they structure a program at the start? Or have you got a great program that you could get them to download? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I got three full 12-week programs on my website, muscularstrength.com. Uh, and my site is my site's awesome. I mean, my programs are every single workout comes complete with a full video on how to do everything, photos, a PDF download, Excel downloads, monthly calendars. There's even a comment section on every video. So if you have questions, all you have to do is ask. And then I usually get on there and I answer them same day versus – and my site's only $8 a month. And you also get access to my custom meal plan app which you can use on your phone. And I mean, it's I'll, the majority of people who use my app, they say it's like 10 times better than MyFitnessPal. It's so much easier to use. And it goes more, it goes way more into detail about vitamins and minerals to make sure that you're hitting those goals too. You guys are going to love it. But similar programs I've seen that don't even have as much information, they're charging like $500 for programs. And then they're not even giving you a clear, you know, path to go down. They don't give you any photos or any videos to show you proper form on the exercises. And unfortunately, people fall into this trap because usually the marketing is really good surrounding the before you actually buy the program itself. But my site, pay eight bucks, you get access to every single program on my site. So if you want to change it, you can just go to the next one. And then I have a, a 12-week push-pull legs program, which is what I recommend for beginners. Um, it's a 12-week program. If you aren't a beginner, you can still do it. Just start off with month two because month two is where it gets a bit more intense. But this program allows you to build the solid foundation you need in order to progress with your lifts. And then by the time you get to month two, I boosted your intensity so that you're training everything twice a week. So it's really good. Then as a, um, for, those, for those of you who are looking more for a traditional workout style, like a, uh, a bodybuilding split where you're training everything maybe once a week, Maybe you don't really care about getting too much bigger. You just want to do workouts where you're going to be able to get a nice pump and see, still see growth over size, but growth isn't your main concern. You more or less just want to build your muscle and endurance over time. That's where the push-pull leg program comes into play. It's really good. And then for those of you who can only work out at home, that was the program I released uh, this January. It was a full 12-week home-only workout series where you actually do all of the the 15 and 20 minute workout videos in real time with me. So it's pretty cool. No, that's great value. Cause you know, you see a lot of these where it's like you're saying 200 pounds and it's just style over substance. It's the, the looks of it and there's empty pages everywhere. And you know, you can tell it's just been rushed through. There's no thought been put into it. And yeah. I, and then they, they give like a generic, the same generic meal plan to everyone. And it's like, how, how is this custom tailored? They're like, eat four ounces of chicken for lunch. Really? Wow. You just blew my mind with that information. You know what I mean? It's like, what does that even mean? You know? And unless, you are, unless you're eating enough to sustain the muscle you have and to burn the fat, you know, you, you could tell someone eat four ounces of chicken for lunch and have a salad for dinner and do all these different things. But like, how is that customized to your body? How is that actually helping you? You know what I mean? And do you think that's something that a program has to be? Does it have to be customized to a particular person? Or are there, like, must-do exercises, in your opinion? You know, is there things like squats and deadlifts that you have to do? Well, when I, when I design the actual workout portions of my program, I design them with exercises that I know 99% of the people going to a gym can do. 
because like some people try to get like super fancy with exercises and there's an old saying called kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And it's like, it's so true because you don't need to go to the gym and do seven different variations of a bench press in order to grow your chest. Like, it's just ridiculous. You're much better working with a few variations of a bench press and then progressing with that movement to get more muscle fiber stimulation and actually see some real growth. You know what I mean? So yes and no. I mean, there are some staple exercises, like you said, like squat, bench, and deadlift are staple exercises. And then there's loads and loads and loads of accessory work that you can do depending on what your goal is to hit. Like, for example, if you want to improve the peak of your bicep or different heads of your tricep. But that's when you get more into like the, the bodybuilding aspect of things. I mean, if you do a solid push-pull legs program, you're going to grow and you're going you're gonna to see significant muscle growth and you're not going to have to worry about these things. You know, the only time you really need to worry about specific parts of your body is maybe you're doing a show and, you know, you're looking at yourself on stage compared to everyone else. And maybe, you know, you notice that you're, like I said, like the peak of your bicep is lagging or, you know, your, your chest is lagging a little bit at the top or maybe your hamstrings are, you know what I mean? Then you start kind of getting into these more isolation type exercises to focus on specific movements but by the time you get to that point you've done enough programs to know how to make adjustments and that's what I always tell people too when when anyone joins my site and they they're doing one of my programs if they ask a question like hey I want to work more on my biceps or hey um, I don't have access to this exercise what else should I do you can either pick your own variation and just kind of do it, or you can ask me and then I'll give you a variation. It's super simple. And I think that's the problem. There's so much information now that people just overcomplicate it. You know, it's like the 30 bench exercises, but then they think they don't need any leg exercises because they walk a lot. And, yeah. You know, so they sit there with a massive chest and the chicken legs, and it's it's just shocking. And you see that continuously nowadays with guys in skinny jeans and things like that so how would you you know is there a set of physical benchmarks that you think all men should be able to do regardless of what your goal is you know how would you be able to determine if somebody's fit or not you know like is it a minute like uh, such and such a speed or is it deadlifting double your body weight or something of that kind of capacity well, it's hard to say because it, it really depends on what your overall goal is. Um, I do think that for the average person, the number one thing you should focus on is being functional. So, for example, if you're not a power, a competing power lifter or a competing bodybuilder, it's a really good idea for you to make sure that when you're doing your exercising that you're able to be functional. Like, for example, for me... I obviously exercise a lot and I push myself hard, but I can still go and do adventure racing like a Tough Mudder or a Spartan race and not die halfway through. You know what I mean? It's always handy. <laughs> I mean, if you can't do a pull-up, I mean, that's kind of pathetic. Like, you should be able to at least, you know, if you can bench 300 pounds but can't do one pull-up, I mean, you're going to get a lot more functional use out of a pull-up than you are out of a bench press, you know? And is that where you, you think men go wrong? Is it they focus on the you know the show muscles and exercises and they forget about the functionality? Yeah, I feel like as men we always try to show off. 
and that kind of can hold us back because if you're a functional lifter, you're going to be stronger overall because you've built up muscles that don't necessarily see any work. You know what I mean? And is there something that you see, you know, like a, st- a standard set of things in the gym that drive you crazy? Is it something a particular, you know, a co- um, trainers trying to do? Or is there things that you see, you know, clients and things like that that come to you and that drive you absolute spare? You know, what kind of things really grind your gears when you see them getting done in the gym? So the biggest thing that bothers me is, is when I watch other trainers, to be honest. Not so much the people, because the people I can go help. And for the most part, they'll listen to me, you know, because they, they maybe they, they know who I am. But like um, in one of the gyms I go to, like the trainers, I, like I don't know where they where they come up with these exercises. They have their clients do like I literally saw some a trainer having this like 80 year old woman do. She had her left hand on a cable machine handle and she was doing a lateral raise with her left hand. And then a hammer curl with with a dumbbell on her right hand, and she was having her do those two movements at the same time. And I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, first of all, this woman's 80 years old; she doesn't need to be doing isolation movements. Um, second of all, what the hell is a lateral raise while alternating with a hammer curl on the opposite arm gonna do for you? Like, are you just? I feel like trainers they try to trick and confuse people. To show them, like, like they'll make they'll make their clients try to balance on a Bosu ball while squatting, basically to the point to where they fall off, just to be like, oh, see, your balance is shit, so you should train with me. You know what I mean? It's like, what is going on? I've seen some real horror sh- shows, and that's the problem with trainers as well. Is you know, you do a couple of lessons with them, they say, here's your program. You know, and then you they go off, and then suddenly you're left on your own devices. You're not sure what to eat. You start eating crap. You stop going to the gym, and it's just a vicious circle. So then you need to go back to, you know, and that's what I like about your site is everything's there: the meal plan, the videos, the forums, the community, the guides. You know, you're there, and you, you know, you give so much back to your community. I love how involved you are with them. Um, so what do you think are the warning signs a person should look out for? You know, when they're working out, how can they tell, for instance, that something's bad something's good you know how can you tell what's a good pain and a bad pain um because you know like uh, say if you're squatting and you get a sharp pain you know in your back it's you you should know to stop but then there's also that pain of it's just uncomfortable because you're pushing through and building the new muscle you know is there a way uh, sort of how do you teach that in your clients of when to start when to stop if they're going to be working out on their own well i feel like if you feel pain and you at the same time you know for a fact that you never stretch or never foam roll, then you're probably feeling pain because the the tendons and muscles are tight and they need to be loosened up. You know what I mean? But if you're if you're if you're relatively loose and you do your warm ups properly and you're just kinda going through the same motions you always do, you're you're always gonna I mean, the pain you feel should be more of a muscle ache, not like physical pain to the point to where it hurts to do the exercise versus, you know, it hurts because the muscles are burning. There's a big difference between pain and, and the burning sensation in your muscles. However, I will say, though, um, if you're recovering from an injury, 
um, you you will feel pain. So, for example, a lot of people, you know, they damage their shoulders, right? And then they have shoulder pain, and they have to work through that and kind of get through that. And if you're if you have tight shoulders and maybe you injured yourself and you're trying to do different warm ups to kind of loosen up the area and avoid the pain, certain exercises are still going to cause a bit of pain through that joint. So, for example. Uh, for me, for example, I, I injured my shoulder, and then I was trying to get the mobility back, and so I would do pull-ups, and I would pull-ups would still always kind of hurt in the beginning because I had to kind of push through the, the, the scar tissue that developed and the tightness that was still there, but after a few weeks, obviously, that went away because I was doing proper form with the movement. So if you're doing proper form with the movements and feeling a bit of pain because maybe you had an injury or some tightness, that's okay. But if your form is shit and you're feeling pain and you never stretch and you never do all these preventative maintenance things that you're supposed to do, it's a good indication that you need to go back to the fundamentals. And that's, I think that's the problem is a lot of people run before they can walk. You know, They don't learn, like you're saying, the fundamentals. They see these fancy things that the more advanced people are doing and start copying them. You know, or they go into Google and they just learn a name of an exercise and think, okay, I can go do that. And that's something I struggled with was just learning the fundamentals, building that power base. So when um, for somebody who's going and, you know, they just keep plugging away, their form's okay, but they just can't seem to get anywhere. You know, they're just plateauing at the weights that they're lifting and they just can't seem to build the body that they want. You know, how how would you advise somebody start setting proper goals and you know, actually achieving them and building that consistency in the gym? So, that's actually a good thing cuz my new program I'm coming out with is something I'm calling Cheat and Recover. And I basically designed the program because I hit, hit a plateau myself because you always obviously want to make sure you have your fundamentals down first, that you that you know proper form and that you're able to perform all your movements and exercises properly. But even if you have proper form and you're plateauing, you know, what else can you really do? And that's where I feel like a lot of people get really frustrated. And so that's where I developed my technique called cheat and recover, where each set consists of a superset of cheat reps and recover reps. So, for example, let's say you're doing a bicep curl. For the first eight repetitions, you're going to overload your muscles with as much weight as you possibly can for eight reps. And you either are going to use momentum to bring the, the barbell to the top of the movement or have your workout partner basically lift it up for you so you totally skip the concentric phase. Because the goal of the cheat reps is to focus on fighting the negative. So if you, once you bring the barbell to the top, let's say you use momentum. You use momentum and bring the barbell to the top. And then you kind of set yourself up, keep your core tight, flex your glutes, and then you lower the weight, fighting the negative as hard as you can. You do that eight times. And then as soon as you finish those eight reps, you're going to cut the weight down, usually about half or about 70% of what you were using for the cheat reps. And then you're going to do eight recover reps, which is basically doing proper form. So you're going to use no momentum, no workout partner. It's going to be all you during the concentric and eccentric phase. And the reason why this is this is working so well for so many people on my on my YouTube channel is because your muscles are 40% stronger in the eccentric phase of every movement. So if you think about that, you will never be able to curl the amount of weight your biceps can actually handle during the concentric phase 
to then utilize that weight to hit them as high as you can on the negative. Because let's say you can curl 100 pounds for eight reps. Well, if you can curl it up, that's great. 100 pounds is a lot of weight, but you can probably handle 135 or 140 on the negative. Does that make sense? And so usually plateaus happen because you ha- you're not able to overload your muscles anymore. And unfortunately, if you're focusing on proper form all the time and using no momentum or no workout partner to kind of help you force out some reps, that's usually where you start to see the plateau and you start to see uh, limits to your growth. And my whole cheat and recover program is going to be based around this principle of We're not throwing proper form out the window. All we're going to do is utilize a bit of momentum or a workout partner to help us through the cheat reps, and then we're going to do the recover reps on our own. It sounds logic, yeah. And that's what I was going to ask was, is this something you can do without a training partner? But then you... So, well, you you can, but some exercises um, are a lot higher, obviously. Like if you're doing a, a bench press... You could you could use dumbbells and but you'd have to basically reset your body after each repetition because you'd have to kind of you know do a slow negative and then pick the dumbbells back up put them on your knees roll back do a slow negative but if you have a workout partner they once you do the slow negative they can literally grab your elbows and push your hands back to the top to get you ready for the next one you know what I mean I mean, something that I personally struggled with was trying to find, you know, my why to go to the gym. Because I was going there, I was getting my deadlift up to over 200 kilograms, I was squatting, you know, um, close to about the same. And I started thinking, you know, why am I coming here? I got a niggly injury in my shoulder, and other things started becoming more attractive, you know, like the podcast and that. So how can somebody... You know, how can I rediscover my love for the gym? How can somebody find their real reason for going to the gym? You know, what was yours and how did you find it? Um, so for me, I kind of went through something similar like a month ago, you know, because, it, I mean, it's hard to stay motivated, especially as you get older and you get more stuff to do. Um So I kind of thought, well, what if I could find ways to visually motivate myself? You know, so when I look in the mirror, like even like I would look in the mirror when I go to the gym and I just see the same like tank tops I wear all the time, the same shorts I wear all the time. And I was just getting bored, you know, (laughs) that makes sense. And I wanted to get bigger and stronger, but, you know, just seeing this and anything in life, like even in my house, like if I see the same you know, the same stuff all the time in my house, I'll kind of move things around to kind of make it more exciting. Like my office where I do the majority of my work, you know, after a month, it just starts to feel like a dungeon of where I go to sit all day and type in the computer. So I try to like change the way the desk faces or maybe I'll put some different decorations in that room or move things around so that it's, it's, it's more visually appealing to the eye. It's a little different, more exciting. So what I actually started to do was I went online and I started buying like all these different um, superhero workout tops, which for those of you who follow me on Instagram, I have like 20 of them now, you know, they see all the, the pictures. Fo- yeah, I've seen the photos. And, you know, when I was younger, I was all about having a tank top all the time to like see my muscles in the in the mirror, you know. And then when I switched to wearing the long sleeve compressions, you know, I, then I, I would get like a nice pump. Then I look in the mirror and... I feel more like my favorite superheroes, 
you know, looking buff and like a nice compression shirt versus just trying to see the cuts and lines of my muscles. And I was getting better workouts because of it, because I was visually and mentally taking things to the next level. And I mean, who who are we talking about? Who's your favorite kind of superheroes? You know, who inspires you to do that? Say that again. So which superheroes are we talking about? You know, which ones inspire you? Which tops did you buy? Oh, man. So I got I have a lot. So I got a few Superman ones, a few Captain America ones. I have a badass Winter Soldier. I have I just got a sweet Deadpool and Green Lantern. I've got Flash, Reverse Flash, Zoom. Um, I, I, haven't, re- I haven't seen the Deadpool one yet. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I just I just got it last week. I posted a photo last week with it. No, I posted the photo yesterday, actually, or the day before yesterday. Then I, I also work with this company um, called Just Say, and, and uh, they're out of the Netherlands. And this guy custom makes um, tops from Dragon Ball Z. And so I have like the Saiyan armor, I have Goku and Vegeta's tops, I got a Super Saiyan 4 compression top, uh, One Punch Man compression top from them, and then he actually just made me my own, uh, like a Dragon Ball Z version, like Gi style tank top with my logo on the back and kanji, it's really cool. See, that's the kind of thing I love. It's I can feel the passion and you know your intensity when you talk about that sort of stuff, and you know you let that side of your personality is, and I think that's one of the main reasons that you're so popular. Um, so for somebody you know who's never found that themselves, how can they find their own one? You know, what advice would you give to them to to look inside themselves and find that? You know, maybe they're not just superheroes. How can they push it and find themselves? Um, you know, it could be, uh, as simple as taking different methods of approach. You know, a lot of people don't take the time to really sit and think about what they want. Um, there's a really interesting book and there's a movie, movie of it too, called The Secret. I don't know if you've um, seen it or, or heard of it or read it before, but it basically talks about the law of attraction and the law of attraction basically being, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't you know, you're right. That's actually a quote by Henry Ford. And basically what it comes down to is if you're constantly telling yourself you don't have the motivation, I, you know, you don't have what it takes, you're not eating right, the universe doesn't know that these are things you don't want. It just knows that these are things you're thinking about. And whether you want to believe in this type of stuff or not, if you're constantly being negative about your workouts and your results and your ability to achieve them, and negative shit is constantly happening to you, then you have no choice but to believe it's probably the reason. You know, you got to be positive. And what what I like to do, because I live just such a fast-paced lifestyle with all the things I have going on, is just kind of sit outside and get a notebook. Not, not even a computer. Just get a notebook and just kind of write down what my goals are, what I want to accomplish, what I want to achieve. You know, maybe I write down starting tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. and I'm going to have a healthy breakfast of, you know, oatmeal with protein, a banana, and make sure I drink at least six glasses of water for the day, you know, and then that's a goal that I've written down and I've made uh, materialized in my life. I've materialized this goal by writing it down and seeing it. And then I write down, I'm going to go to the gym every day after work, and I'm going to make sure I'm there for at least an hour you know, getting as much done as I can with the program that I'm following. You know, maybe I won't lift 
as heavy as I'd like because my workouts have been suffering, but I'm going to push myself as hard as I can on every set and know that my goal is to get into the gym and push myself, not, you know, bench 300 pounds like maybe I did when I was younger. Because I feel like most of that lose motivation, it's as, the, as we get older, and then we go to the gym and we're not able to do what we used to do because we haven't done it for a while. And that's like the most demotivating factor that happens to a lot of people is they focus more on what they used to do to what they can do now with their current lifestyle. And you can't think like that. You have to think always in the present. Like, this is my lifestyle. This is what I have time for. And I'm going to utilize this time to the max. So how could somebody, you know, maybe somebody's listening who's got the kids or we're coming, you know, coming back from an injury or you know, has maybe got a bit older, but wants to get that fitness back, how should they start building the gym and into their lifestyle? And, you know, how should they make it a program to follow to get back into it? Well, that's why I have most of these people start with my push-pull legs program because it's basically a three, it's a five-day-a-week program, but it's only three workout days in the actual gym. And then it goes, it goes basically push A on Monday, then there's a 15-minute circuit you can do at home for Tuesday. And then there's pull A on Wednesday. And then another circuit. And then legs A on Friday. You know, you don't, obviously don't have to do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday if you don't have that time. But I feel like especially in the beginning, if you're able to work out your entire body in just three days, that's perfect for most beginners. And then if you can do extra stuff like the circuits at home, then that allows them to not feel guilty on days where they don't work out, where they can just literally pop up my circuit video and do it with me in their living room, and then they're done in 15 minutes. And is that a body weight kind of circuit video, or do you need any equipment? You know, is there, is there any all, excuses anybody could have? No, you know, not at it? all. Not at all. It's all body weight, or if anything, five-pound dumbbells. You know, and anybody can find things in their house that's five pounds they can put in their hands if they need them. And that was something that I, you know, I love the the kind of passion and the intensity that you have, you know, like when you're explaining the fitness and stuff. But how do you find that when you're working out? You know, where when the the weights are getting heavy and you're having to really push it, you know, you get a lot of people who would just give up at that point. How how do you find that within yourself to really, you know, to kind of not to give up and force the weight up and find the inner strength, so to speak? Uh, it's usually where the yelling comes in, you know? I'm like, ah, let's do this shit! <laughs> I hear people who say, you know, like, use the pain, use the misery, and I've never been able to do that. So it's like, I, I don't know how to, you know, hit that next level, so to speak, because I've never found that point. I've never, you know, I've had a good upbringing, and I haven't really had that much bad things in my life so far. So it's like, how can somebody like that, who's got a good life, find that kind of drive and anger inside themselves to you know to grind that last rep or to push well, it doesn't, their PR it doesn't necessarily have to be anger it could just it could be as simple as passion for your goals you know if your goal is you know you want to gain five pounds of muscle you know you hit a plateau and you want to gain you know five more pounds or you want your chest to be a little bigger you know when you start to get stuck you should train your mind to visually instantly bring these goals in. Like as soon as you get, let's say you're do, trying to grind out the last few reps on a dumbbell bench press and you're, you're stuck, you know, you don't necessarily have to get mad, but you can just be like, 
I really want to hit my goal of getting a bigger chest, so I'm going to destroy these dumbbells in order to reach my goal because I'm not going to let um, you know, a materialistic dumbbell, something that doesn't even have a conscious, tell me that I can't do this. You know, you got to figure out fun ways to, to play with your mind, to mold it and sculpt it and, and allow it to, to push you in instances like this. For some people, yeah, you know, being angry helps out a lot. I mean, I'm 33. I don't really have much anger anymore. To me, it's just like the excitement of, of the, of the, like the pump and like the, the, the blood like flowing to the area that kind of gets me more excited than any, any amount of anger does, you know, but I also watch a lot of anime and there's a lot of emotion involved when they, when they power up. So it's kind of, I'm kind of more like that where it's like the, the emotion inside of knowing I can push myself to get bigger and stronger is what pushes me to get bigger and stronger versus, you know, me being upset that, someone called me gay on a YouTube video or something stupid like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I used to, when I first started the website, I looked at things like, you know, getting through a boring day in the office, pretending to be Jack Bauer, and, you know, the task I was doing was vital. There was a countdown timer or pretending to lift, like, you know, somebody I'd seen in a film. And it's like, you know, I needed that mental stimulation, but I could never find the anger and the pain and the misery and, you know, it's like if I gave up every time I seen a bad comment when I first started out on the website, I would have given up years ago. But I enjoy the 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 website building, and I need to find that for the gym. And I think that's you know the tips you've given are really going to help a lot of people because we don't all come from an angry place. You know, we're not all an Eminem soundtrack, and you know you make the you give the fan into working out again. So one thing I do know is is you eat super healthy, you know, you've got a great physique, but I hate the bulking and cutting approach. For, you know, as soon as I would start bulking, the willpower would go and I would eat crap for ages and just never stop. But you introduced a concept of a year-round physique. Can you explain to people what that is and how they can change their diet to suit? Well, you know, it doesn't always, everything doesn't have to always be so difficult. I feel like as soon as people hear you know, it's time to eat clean, all of a sudden they think, you know, they have to start eating foods they don't like. And that's not good. Because you don't have to eat foods you don't like in order to get bigger. I mean, granted, if you don't like the majority of healthy foods, I guess you're kind of screwed. But, you know, for me, when I eat healthy, I just make sure I stick to the basics. Like I always eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. I always eat a lot of a lot of meat for my protein, whether it's chicken or steak or fish. Um, I always have things like black beans and sweet potatoes and these are, or yams. And these are all regular foods that the majority of people like to eat. I do a lot of Greek yogurt. It's a super, you know, good source of, um, of protein. You get like 23 grams per cup if you're eating a good amount of it. Um, I make sure I cook with things like coconut oil to get my healthy fats in. And when I, even when I make my, my meats, I marinate them with things that I like, you know? I feel like a lot of people think that if they're if they're trying to get in shape, they need to like be super ripped all the time, and that's not the case. I mean, the only time you need to be super ripped, like to the bone, is when you're trying to prepare for something. So, for example, if you're walking around at like five or six percent body fat, you're gonna have a really hard time building muscle because in order to maintain that level, you can't be eating that much 
and your body is so depleted of fat that it's just not sustainable to build muscle. Like you build more muscle when you are sitting a bit higher in the body fat range, like 12, 13%. It's going to be a lot easier for you. You don't have to get super fat, but you don't want to be super ripped either unless you're on drugs. And usually that's what gives away when people are on drugs is they maintain this super low body fat percentage um, and they're getting bigger, you know. And that's also very misleading too because it's not going to help you. So in a nutshell, what I usually do is I try to eat as clean as I can. I try my body, I know, responds better to eating the majority of my carbohydrates throughout the day and I stick more to proteins and fats at night. I notice that if I eat a lot of carbs like right before bed, you know, even if I'm eating the same amount of carbohydrates every single day, if I eat the majority of them at night, I tend to hold a bit more body fat just because my body functions are slowing down at night. I'm not utilizing that, um, that food as much because things are just slowing down. So for me, I try to manipulate my food so that I'm eating the majority of my carbohydrates throughout the day before my workout. Um, and then if I do want to have a cheat meal, I just make sure that when I do have it, it's, you know, one meal, but it's still relatively, a still, still a relatively good meal. Like if I go out to eat for my cheat meal, I'm still going to get like a, a dish that has some sort of meat and some sort of vegetable or, or, or something like that. Maybe I'll get a plate of like nachos or something. I personally, like once you start eating clean and seeing the results you want, most people don't really, really have the, the, uh, the, the want to eat like super junk, unhealthy foods. It's almost like you start to look at those foods and you're like, well, I don't want to eat that crap. It's not going to do anything for my body, you know? And so a lot of people don't really um, understand that at first, especially if they're, if they're used to eating a lot of things. Like, for example, I used to love to eat like chips and Skittles and all these things when I was younger. But now I'll go to the grocery store, I'll walk by these kinds of foods and I just look at them and... I'm just like, ah, this isn't even really going to fill me up. I need some good food to fill me up when I get home. Like, I'll buy a bag of chips. I, like, eat the whole bag of chips, and I'm still hungry. But if I get a plate of, like, meat and potatoes and some good food, I feel I feel full and I feel good, you know? And that's the worst part, isn't it? It's the, the nice-tasting stuff. It's the stuff that doesn't fill you up. No. So, and, then you would, and then you just feel guilty after because you're like, I'm still hungry, it, it, you know, and it didn't do anything for me. So for somebody listening just now who has a sweet tooth or has a cupboard full of crap, how would you recommend them to do this? Should they throw everything out and go cold turkey and start eating it good? Or do you recommend a general phasing out of the bad stuff and introduction of good stuff? Or, you know, what's your philosophy on improving diets? Um, well, I think that... If you, I mean, some people can go cold turkey, but if you know you're not that kind of person, then I wouldn't do that because then you're not going to follow your meal plan. You know, maybe do it so you're, if you have like some sweets and treats that you like, only allow yourself to maybe have a portion of those after you work out as a reward, you know, because at that point your body is going to, is going to shred that food much faster anyways, and it wants food. So it's always best to eat that kind of junk after you work out. Um, but definitely try to wean it down over time. I mean, like even in my house, my wife and daughter, they like they like to buy junk. And I'm like, if you guys don't buy this stuff, you won't eat it. <laughs> so <laughs> stop buying it. 
there's the, there's the kids' principle again. Keep it simple, stupid, you know. And so, do you think that there's no such thing as you can't improve? You know, is is it ever too late to get into shape? Oh, not at all. It's never too late. It's only too late when you're dead. And you know, is there? So, why do you think people go to the? Oh, they must be on steroids when they see somebody, you know, who's in a great shape. Why are we so bitter and jealous of others? Why is why don't, you know, modern men see that as inspiration, you know? Because I see in a lot of comments, that's the only negative side of comments I see about people with you is they say, oh, he must be on steroids. You know, because you've been working out since you're, what, 12 years old? You know, and you put in some amazing effort. But there's that, gel- there's that area of men who are jealous of you. And rather than using you as an inspiration, they look at it as a negative thing. How can people avoid that, you know, that sad, comparing, jealous aspect of it? Well, at you know, at the end of the day, I really don't care who does and who doesn't because it, it's all relative to what your goal is. I mean, if you want to be a competitive bodybuilder, you have to go on drugs. There's no way you're going to compete and win. Even the natural shows, they're not natural. It's just... It's just the way it is, you know. It's a it's a dirty secret that everybody knows. So the only time where even I get vocal about these things is when the people who are doing, you know, taking drugs and competing or whatever, and then they're claiming that they're natural. That's when I get pissed off because then, you know, the people watching those videos they get this misconception of what's achievable, and usually the people that aren't natural, then they give diet advice and workout advice. It's advice that's not going to work for someone who is natural because they don't have that missing ingredient that puts their testosterone levels to over four to 5,000 nanograms per deciliter. You know what I mean? It's a big difference. So yeah. e- you know, even when it comes to eating, you know, these people try to say things like, oh, you know, as long as it fits your macros, you can eat it. Uh, well, if you're natural, it's not really so much the case because you still got to worry about your vitamins and minerals. So... What I like to tell people is, you know, it doesn't matter to me because you can still you can still eat right and train hard whether you're you're taking drugs or not. It's just don't start going down this road of telling people that you're natural and misleading them to believe that they can look like you doing following your advice and it's not going to work because then what usually happens is those people end up quitting you know like just keep your mouth shut about it is all i guess i say and a lot of the other people that are on youtube that are natural that's basically the consensus from all of us is like listen give your advice but don't put yourself in league with us for people who actually do work hard without the use of drugs and say that you're one of us and that your advice works just as much as ours does for natural people i guess is the main thing it's a good message, and you know, I'm, I'm fed up of seeing that with people who they want to bitch and moan about other people, and rather than congratulate you on your success, they would rather say, ah, oh, you know, they would rather give themselves an excuse to come out of it rather than push themselves to get that themselves. They would say, oh no, 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 it's got to be cheating. There's no way you can do that, and it lets them sit in their bubble and not have to, you know, go outside their comfort zone. So. We're moving towards the sort of final part of the interview because I've got another sort of three pages of questions. I could sit and speak to you all day, but I know you're um, we're pushed for time. So we're going to move into an area more about yourself because there's so much I could ask you about fitness, but I want to find out more about you. So 
what I like to do is called the fast break questions, and I just throw out some questions, and you know, you just throw back whatever's in your mind. Um, so, how has fitness changed your life? You know, how, did it, has it helped you get laid, meet girls, job prospects, and things like that? You know, do you ever wish you'd done something else? I'd say the way fitness mostly impacted my life is it. You know, that's how I make a living now. You know, so for me. You know, even more so than girls. Like, I, to be honest, growing up, I wasn't even really that popular with the girls. I, I was, I always had a mind that was more for business. And <laughs> I don't know. I was always my. Everyone always says that I'm an old soul. So when I would, when I was younger, I'd meet girls my age. Like, I just felt like I was having dinner with a child. You know, like, <laughs> like, what are your goals in life? Oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna work at Dunkin' Donuts or the coffee shop down the street. I'm like, well. That's not what I want, so I'm moving on. Probably why I married an older woman. I married someone who already had her life together. <laughs> you know, not not saying that there aren't young women, obviously, that have their their life together, but there certainly wasn't any in the vicinity of where I lived when I was younger. The minimum a person needs to go to the gym. Uh, my my gym bag is wrist wraps, knee sleeves, lifting belt, and then a variety of shorts, tank tops, and wrestling shoes. <laughs> And then I and then I obviously I I keep well I keep the majority of my supplements at home but I I do use a product called um, Rebuild Edge from BSN and it's my post workout recovery so I like to have that obviously post workout and that's um, Rebuild Edge is really cool because it contains creatine glutamine and BCAAs all in one serving but that's it you know I usually have my pre workout before I leave the house I get to the gym I get into gear get my workout done and then I leave. Because that's the thing, there's so much nowadays for people, you know, that I think they get a bit kind of overburdened with, like, what belt, what kind of shoes, should they have a heel, should they have that, should they have this, and they end up just getting over, you know, just par- um, paralyzed by the amount of stuff that's there, and, you know, it's like you said, keep it simple, just get oh, it, yeah. just get it done. Um, so what's the overarching message you want people to take from this interview? You know, how did fitness change your life and why should people get fit? You know, why should they go to the gym and get back into shape and stuff if they're sitting and still not sure? Oh, I'd say the biggest thing for me is it's just like life expectancy. I mean, I live in America and we are the fattest grossest country in the world and i've been traveling a lot this year i've been to ireland i've been to paris i've been to uh, birmingham and it's like whenever i travel i just see people in general are are much thinner and in shape in other countries and you come to america and you got like 10 year old kids that are 50 pounds overweight and don't know any better you know and i just feel like if more people took fitness seriously not even for a phys- like how they look, like to become a better looking person, but took it more seriously knowing that they're going to have less health issues, longer life expectancy. You're going to get more enjoyment out of life in general too. I mean, I can't imagine being 300 pounds overweight and going to Paris and all the bathroom stalls are like two feet wide. Like you just can't even enjoy going on vacation. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Let alone... You know, and, and just things like that. So I guess my message is, you know, don't don't see fitness as just a bunch of people who are trying to look better because they're all self-absorbed. Look at fitness as a way to have a better quality of life. 
I mean, if you take care of your body, you will live longer and not even so much live longer. You know, instead of being 70 years old and stuck in a wheelchair because you can't walk, you'll be 70 years old and like on vacation and doing the things you love because your body has been built up to be strong enough to still be functional when you're 70 years old. You know what I mean? Definitely. It's, it's a powerful message and it's something I think we forget as time's coming. We're all going to end up that age and it's better to go there still being able to rock and roll and enjoy life to the last moment. Um, what Your site is amazing. You know, you've got so much stuff there. What would you want people to listening? You know, you've built up a n- new fan base from this. Where should they go on your site? What's What should they check out first? Uh, well, definitely make a profile, and then you can sign up for one month free with the promo code FREEFITNESS, all one word. And then as soon as you log in, you can make it, because it's basically a social media site where you can make a profile, you can make friends with people, uh, I have a forum section where you can ask questions. But once you log in and make a profile, head over to the program section and start checking out some of the programs I mentioned earlier. I got a 12-week push-pull legs, 12-week bodybuilding split, at-home fat loss. And pick one that best suits your needs and get started with that. And then you can also immediately start using my custom meal plan app, whether you use it on your phone from downloading my app, Muscular Strength, um, which is in the App Store, or you access it directly from the website on your computer. Get that meal plan in place and get started on that first because once you get your meal plan down and get used to it, you're going to start to see changes rapidly and you're going to feel amazing and you're going to quickly find out that you can eat still a lot of the food you like to eat and see results because my meal plan system allows you to input things you're already eating now and then it'll tell you where to make changes, whether you're not getting enough protein, carbs, or fat or enough vitamins or enough minerals. It'll tell you what you're not getting enough of and it'll give you food suggestions um, to make changes to make sure you are getting enough of them. So it's you guys are going to love it. And then also, as soon as you join the site, you're automatically friends with me, so you'll get a warm welcome message from me as well. Well, I have literally got pages worth of questions. I could still go on, so I'd love to have you on again at some point. You know, you've made, you've always been a big inspiration to me, and you'll have made some new fans for people who have maybe not heard of you before. So how can we check you out? How can we find out more about you and keep in touch with you and see your latest projects, etc.? Well, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook, and everything is Scott Herman Fitness. So Scott Herman Fitness, all one word, on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, if you're on my website, you can keep up with me there as well because I'm also very active on my site as well. That's good. Well, all I can say is thank you very much, Scott. You know, your success is well-deserved. You're being a role model to a lot of people, and you're changing a lot of lives, and I wish you nothing but success for the future. Um, I'll try to have you on again at some point and I know you're going to be a massive star in the future and I wish you nothing but success thank you Ian I appreciate it and I'll be back on soon that's it for another week thanks for listening absorb it practice it use it until next time keep trying to hit that next level in your life